Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Thank you, Nikki. Well, good morning. As I've been watching different news sources this Christmas season, there's been a lot of Wonderful stories of military fathers coming home. And they're showing these news clips where the daddy surprises the child in some format, some place. And as you watch in anticipation, you see the father show up into a classroom or into a gym somewhere. And all of a sudden, the child just breaks down and runs into the daddy's arms. And many of the children that I've been watching have just been crying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And they just hold them. I've missed you so much. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. I'm so glad you're home. I'm so glad you're here. They're beautiful stories to watch. It's the present of presents. And what a wonderful Christmas gift it is, full of joy. And although those are beautiful stories, I want to talk this morning about the best Christmas present ever. And that's the gift of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The gift of His presence, so that we may know the Father's love. The gift of Emmanuel, God with us. And if you unwrap this gift of God, if you receive this gift of Jesus, if you surrender your heart to Him, which, by the way, is the best gift you could ever give to God, then you too will run into the arms of the loving Father and you will grab a hold of Him and you will cry out, Abba, 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 Daddy, Daddy, I love you. And He's going to say to you, Oh, I've always loved you, my child. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for the present of your presence. An overwhelming gift to us. So that we may know who you are and know your love. And so I pray that this morning as as we gather in your presence 
that your Holy Spirit would fill this room with your love, your joy. May we draw close to you. May we know you more this morning. Thank you that we can run into your arms crying, Abba, Daddy. Thank you for your amazing love for us. In your precious name, amen. A.W. Tozer said, Most Christians are theological Christians. He said they're attempting what is impossible. They're trying to be happy. They're trying to have joy. But they're trying that without any sense of the presence of God. But Christmas, Advent, everything we're celebrating, it's all about presence. What a beautiful story Nikki just read to us. And she will bear a son and she shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. This was all said, this all took place to fulfill the words of the prophet. What's that talking about? It's about Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 7, if you want to mark that for later. It's a time when King Ahaz is the king of Judah. He's a bad king. He's distant from God. God is still working with his people, dealing with their sin. Bringing redemptive judgment upon them. Always wanting to draw them back to himself because of his amazing love. And Ahaz is getting pressure. There's attack. It's a time of war. And, and he's working deals with Assyria. Hopefully Assyria, the worst enemy of all. He's trying, he's trying to give them gold and, and all kinds of precious things. Here, come help us fight these battles. And he's not turning to the Lord. But here's what's happening in Acts chapter 7. This is what the Lord says through Isaiah, verse 4 of chapter 7, Isaiah. Say to him, in the middle of all this fear, be careful, be quiet, don't fear, Ahaz. Doesn't God speak that to us all the time? Don't let your heart be faint because of these two smoldering stumps. Aram and Ephraim were coming to attack, and he was very afraid. Thus says the Lord God, guess what? It's not going to happen. It shall not come to pass. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. I want you to ask for a sign from God. It can be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Basically, ask whatever you need. God is saying, ask for a sign. But Ahaz says, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Oh, hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that now you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name 
Emmanuel. All of this took place to fulfill what the prophet said. I am going to give you a sign, even though you don't want it, because I'm a covenant God. I will speak and I will redeem my people. I will be one who will deliver. I will be one who has to deal with sin. I must. Because I'm a covenant God who radically loves you. I'm a God who keeps my promises. I will give you this sign that God is with you. And it shall come to pass. It's the present of presence. Matthew picks up this story, doesn't he? He picks up that what took place with Isaiah and King Ahaz plays full force into prophecy fulfilled with Jesus. God is with us. God will redeem us. God will save us. God will deal with sin. He has a way. The present of presence. God's desire to be with us, to have relationship with us, that we would know Him, that we would surrender our hearts unto Him, that we would follow Him, that we would have life through Him. So He is a sign, God with us, and in Jesus, He is God, one of us. It fulfills the prophecy. What a beautiful story we have in Matthew. And we get so much more in Isaiah. But there's even more to the story. You know, many of us have been Christians a long time. And sometimes you show up to Advent or Christmas services, you're like, I know the story. But how well do you really know the story? How well do you really know all about Jesus and what he went through and his desire for redemption? We're going to have a little Christmas quiz, and this can be interactive, okay? Here's the first question. How well do you know the story? What form of transportation did Mary and Joseph use to get to Bethlehem? Foot? Donkey? Uber? What? (laughs) Come on, people. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. It says they got there. It was a long journey. Probably there was some animal involved. But the scriptures really don't say. There's beautiful paintings of Mary on a donkey. And you shall call his name Jesus. What does Jesus mean? God saves. He's our salvation. The Lord saves. From the beginning of time, I'm preparing a way of salvation. I long to be in relationship with my people because I'm a God of love. And I want to be loved back. There must be a way to deal with sin and brokenness. God is salvation. All right, another question. How many wise men or kings, magi, came to see Jesus? Once again, we don't know. Scriptures don't say. A lot of beautiful paintings. Three kings coming through. We sing the songs. There was three gifts, so we assume three, but the scriptures don't say. I think there was probably a lot who came. 
All right, here's another question. How well do you know the story? What animals does the Bible say were present at the birth of Jesus in the manger? Sheep? Goats? Ox? Once again, doesn't really say. We get a little bit in the Old Testament. Maybe there was an ox there. Maybe a sheep. But there's nothing in the New Testament that says that. Final question. How well do you know this child, this story? What is Jesus' middle name? It's a great mystery. Great mystery. Our Lord is. He's beautiful. He's mysterious. What child is this that we're talking about that showed up? And we sing that song. What child is this who is laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. There's so much more to the story than what we get from this beautiful picture in the Gospels of this little babe in the manger. There's so much more about what child is this. I wanted to read with you in John chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. That's Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. That's Jesus. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him, that's Jesus, was life. And life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. What child is this? And then look at verse 14. And the Word, that's Jesus, became flesh. That's Christmas. And dwelt among us. And we saw His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. What child is this? In the beginning was the Word. Why did John use that word? Why didn't he say, in the beginning was the Son? Or in the beginning was the Lord? Why did he use logos, word? Because he wanted it to impact all in his generation with the best word to use to describe who Jesus was, God in the flesh. He knew that the Greeks especially, the Stoics, all around him in his culture would understand Logos. The Greek philosopher Heraclitus said this, the Logos was the rational principle behind the whole universe. The Logos was the source of life. That which gives life its reasonableness. That which holds everything together. That's how his culture and those surrounding would understand Logos. 
What should I use here so that people will understand God and who Jesus was and is? The word Logos was with God. Isn't it beautiful? Right in the beginning, there's this relationship within the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Logos was with God. God in Himself is a God of relationship. That's why He longs for you and me to have relationship one with another. That we would be one. Jesus prays that for us, doesn't He? The Word was with God. The Word was God. Not a God, like some people try to tell us. But was God. And He was from the beginning of time. What child is this? Verse 3. All things were made through Him. Without Him, there wasn't anything that was made that was made. It all came from Him. Everything that was made. You and me. The universe. By conservative estimates, there's 10 billion trillion stars in the known universe. That's 10 10 billion trillion. 10 followed by 15 zeros. By Him, Logos, all things were made. Every minute, the sun pours out 6 billion quadrillion calories of heat. That's six followed by 27 zeros. Can you even wrap your mind around that? We can't. That's our sun. But they have found that there's another sun in a galaxy that they've discovered 300 million light years away. It shines with two trillion times more energy. It shines greater two trillion times more than our sun. I mean, your mind just goes... We can't grasp it. Everything was made by the Word. What child is this? This little babe in the manger. Creator of the universe. Creator of you and me, lover of our souls, always longing for relationship with us. In him was life, and his life is light that has shone through. Darkness can't hold it back. The present of presence, what a joy the Christ child brings to us. What child is this? And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. And we saw His glory. The Word became flesh. The Word became flesh. Merry Christmas. Philippians 2.6 says, Jesus made Himself nothing. He humbled Himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, the Word, God... He put skin on. He became touchable. He became approachable. Moses couldn't get near him, could he? Stand in the cleft because I'm passing by. God had to come in the flesh. Creator became created. 
the omnipresent one downsized into the confines of the human womb. The omnipotent became a helpless babe who needed to be fed, who needed to be cared for. The omniscient one had to learn reading and writing and arithmetic. The word had to learn to speak. What child is this? I love Daryl Johnson and a lot of his writings and teachings, and he has comments on this. When Caesar Augustus thought he ruled the world, the one who spoke all the galaxies and their stars in the whirling space lay speechless in a cattle trough. When Quirinius was the governor of Syria, the star maker himself entrusted himself to a teenage girl. When Herod the Great was strutting his power across the scene, God, the Logos, needed a mother to feed him and to change him. The present of presence. The term that theologians use for this, he became flesh, is incarnation. Christmas celebrates the enfleshment, the incarnation of God. And many people try to express what took place with our God as he became Jesus in the flesh. They try to express it. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of wonder. St. Augustine said this, He, it is by whom all things were made, who was made one of all things. The maker of the sun was made under the sun. The author of the heavens and the earth sprung under the heavens and out of the earth. Utterly wise in his wisdom, he was a babe without utterance. Charles Wesley, in a song that we sing often at Christmas time, veiled in flesh and Godhead see, hail incarnate deity, pleased as man with us to dwell. I love that. Pleased to dwell as man with us. Jesus, our Emmanuel. C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia has one of his characters shout out, in our world too, there is a stable that once had something in it bigger than the whole world. Beautiful poem by Lucy Shaw, an amazing poet, as she speaks as though she's Mary. Quiet he lies, whose vigor hurled the universe. He sleeps, whose eyelids have never closed before. Older than eternity, now he is new. Now native to earth as I am, nailed to my poor planet, caught that I might be free. Blind in my womb to know my darkness ended, brought to this birth for me to be newborn. And for him, see me mended, I must see him torn. What child is this? He dwelt among us. 
He tabernacled with us. He put up a tent in our community. The message says he moved into the neighborhood. And he lived here. God with us. God one of us. His feet tread the soil that he created. He ate fruit from the trees that he caused to grow. His hands brought physical touch, healing to his neighbors, those he had known before their birth. God became flesh. And he tabernacled with us. He took up residence here. Not distant. This story, this Christmas story is full of joy. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, you shall name him Emmanuel. God with us, it shall be a sign unto you. Why in the world would most holy God, Isaiah 6 that Susie read to us this morning, why in the world would God come from his throne? Why would he come down? Why would he draw near to us in such a way? Because of love. That he radically loves you. Period. End of sentence. That's what Christmas is. For God so loved the world, that means you, that he sent his only son in the flesh, that whoever should believe in him, know him, surrender their heart to him, should not perish, should not be separated from God forever, but should be saved, have eternal life, new life in Jesus. The present of presence, his amazing love. Our story in Matthew this morning in verse 21 said, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will do what? He will save his people from their sins. We are wretched sinners in need of a Savior. And praise God, he sent his son to deal with sin like he did in Isaiah 7. I'm going to send you a sign. I'm with you. I love you. I have to deal with sin. Here is the Savior. Will you receive my gift? Galatians 4.4 says this, When the time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, Why? To redeem those that were under the law. That we might receive the full rights as sons. That we are adopted in. We're heirs of our Lord. A Savior has been born. Receive the gift. We needed a Savior. And God in His amazing love gave us one. We needed a Savior that identifies with us, and and Jesus does. He took on our flesh. He understands our predicament. He understands all that we go through. He wept with us and weeps with us now. He hurts over broken relationships. He understood that. Betrayal and pain and suffering. 
friendships that wounded him, he identifies with us. He hammered his thumb in that carpenter shop who knows how many times. He understands. We need a Savior that identifies with us. He is a Savior that can break the power of sin and guilt. As a man, Jesus took upon Himself the sin of mankind. He so identified with us. He was so much man that He was able to go to the cross for us in our stead. We're the ones that should have been there. When Jesus died on the cross, He died the death that you and I should have died. Do you realize that? Do you recognize your need for a Savior? He had to deal with sin, and He had to provide payment for that. And that was to be upon His only Son, that beautiful babe in the manger, God in the flesh. And because He was able to do that, we no longer have to carry that burden, that awful burden of guilt and shame. You know what? Yes, we're guilty. Yes, we've sinned. We fall short of God's standard. Yes, yes, yes. But you've been forgiven. The price has been paid in Jesus Christ. The debt has been canceled on the cross. And our resurrected Jesus offers us life as we believe upon Him. It is finished. Jesus, our Savior, absorbed the sting of death. Satan has no more power. Death has no more power over us who are in Christ. Oh, death, where is your sting? Jesus had to come. God had to come in the flesh to conquer sin and death. And He did. We have a Savior who has the final victory because He won this invasion. The final victory is guaranteed. He came. He died on the cross. He rose again. And guess what? Someday, He's coming back again. Jesus Christ will return to invade our world and it will be full of His glory. King of kings and Lord of lords is going to ride in victorious who He really is. The present of presence. Emmanuel, God with us. How can we adequately respond to this amazing Christmas news? I think we can respond with awe and wonder. And hopefully that leads us to adoration and praise. Like Mark prayed this morning, that we wouldn't let the busyness, the craziness of all that's going on around us, we wouldn't miss His glory and His beauty and His mystery. We wouldn't miss the present of His presence. And that we'd give Him praise. Adore Him. He is our Savior. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord.
The second way we can respond is out of deep gratitude and joy. And I hope this Christmas season will lead to a a fresh opening of your life unto Him. Maybe a newness that you've been longing for. You've been flat in your faith and in your Christian journey. Allow Him through the power of the Holy Spirit to minister to you how much He loves you and to give you a freshness and new life. Think upon Him. Thank Him. Run into the loving Father's arms. Do you realize what He did in Bethlehem? God in the flesh, He did for you. It allows us now to have Him invade our life with love and peace and joy and meaning and purpose. It gives us life in the midst of whatever crisis we're facing or that which comes in the future. Take time to thank Him for His invasion of love. Let Him pour into your life. Receive the gift of His presence. This, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring Him laud the babe, the son of Mary. Oh, raise, raise a song on high. His mother sings her lullaby. Joy, oh joy. For Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. This, this is Christ the King. Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Father, we can't grasp what amazing lengths you went to to show us how much you love us. We try and we are thankful. But you, God, who created all, became a babe in the manger for us and went to the cross for us and paid the price for us. But Father, we praise you that you rose again, that you conquered sin and death because you came as Emmanuel, God with us, God one of us. We adore you, Jesus. In your precious name, amen.